Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Dom Fifield of The Athletic and by Adrian Clark, the tactical analyst. Pep Guardiola is busy creating a siege mentality. He asks, do you still doubt us? Well, frankly, yes. His team has been overtaken by Liverpool's band of brothers. It won't be defined by the probability of an easy win in Sunday's League Cup final. Its reputation will only be renewed under pressure in places like the Bernabeu on Wednesday. A knockout Champions League tie against Real Madrid is the real deal, isn't it, Dom? It certainly is, and given the sort of extra layer of intrigue provided by the UEFA incoming ban, I just think it it adds up to... A tumultuous occasion. I want to hear the uh, the reaction of the travelling City fans to the uh, Champions League anthem prior to kick-off. I think that'll be, that'll be quite indicative of their feelings. But, yeah, it's a proper test. There's a romance to the tie. Any time you join up against Real Madrid, there's a, it's a daunting tie on paper. But City, I fancy, to do really, really well in this competition, get you know much further than they've done in the past this season. And... This is a proper test of their credentials, but also they'll, they'll have added motivation given everything that's happened in the last two weeks. Mm. Pep has sort of created this siege mentality. Well, join against Real Madrid, then, you know, the, the institution that is Real Madrid. I think we'll see that come to the fore and I can see City edging it over the two legs, but I think there'll be some difficult moments this week. You saw them against Leicester, Adrian. What's your impressions of them defensively? You know, Laporte came back. Were you convinced? Well, first and foremost, they were very good on the ball. I'm really impressed by the form of Mares at the moment. De Bruyne, we know that he's having a spectacular campaign. So I think they can hurt Real Madrid in an attacking capacity. But without the ball, I was not impressed against Leicester. Left too much space in behind them. They were fortunate, really, Leicester didn't bring their shooting boots. And... And if they make the same mistakes against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, they'll concede goals, multiple goals. My worry was over Laporte, who's back in the team, clearly their best defender, but he didn't look right. He didn't look right. He was getting exposed for pace, particularly by Harvey Barnes in the second half. And he was withdrawn quite quickly after the interval. Now, I don't know whether there was an injury problem there, but he didn't look right to me. Now, if he's not 100% fit, that's a problem for City because Fernandinho is good at... As good a footballer as he is, 
I don't think he can carry the defence in, in the knockout stages of the Champions League against teams like Real Madrid. So I think it'll be an entertaining game, but I certainly I'll be gobsmacked if they keep a clean sheet. Mm, it is going to be one of those great occasions, you know, we all surmise. Mm. Let's look at the nature of Real Madrid as a club. Let's look at it through the lens of, say, Gareth Bale, where he didn't play at the weekend. Are they playing games yet again? You know, the whole political power plays that we come to associate with that club. How difficult is it to operate, do you think, as a footballer in that type of febrile environment? Well, he must be used to it now, because it happens pretty consistently with Gareth Bale and has done for a while. Real Madrid is unique. Talk to people who've worked there. I met up with Paul Clement the other week, who was Carlo Ancelotti's assistant at, at Real, and he just says that from the moment you step, I mean, I think he got a private jet over from Farnborough with Carlo, straight into, into Madrid, and from the moment they touched down, the pressure, the, the intensity of the limelight, the, everything you do is, is scrutinised to the nth degree, and, and far more than any other club. You've got a, a squad full of players, all of whom believe they're good enough and should be in that team, should be playing massive reputations everywhere. So even, you know, as a coach, coping with that mentality must be quite difficult. And then conversely, if you're a player in that environment, you have to, sort of, I suppose you have to, you have to have the self-belief to, to feel as if you belong there. Gareth Bale will feel he belongs there. Mm. He's achieved so much, even that Real Madrid. He's achieved yeah. fantastic things, not least in the Champions League. Mm. I mean, all of the players are used to it, aren't they, this pressure? Because if there's one thing about Real Madrid, when you look at their team... Mm. It's not that different, is it, to what it was two years ago, three years ago? It's, it's not been... I think it kind of needs a, a bit of an overhaul in the summer. If there's anything I, I would say about Real Madrid at the moment, it's, t it's a little bit too same, a bit, bit predictable. And I, I would say that the... Yeah, that in terms of the pressure and the demands of being a Real Madrid player, that there's, most of the players there are, are well and truly accustomed to it. They, they've... I feel for them on the Eden Hazard situation. I mean, mm, yeah. see him bobbling off again. So he was going to yeah. be the, the man that made the difference. Of course, yeah. Who, who took them sort of into the next stage of their development as a team. And, and it just hasn't worked as yet with the injuries. You look at him and you just wonder whether the... How many was he? He was eight years or seven years in the Premier League being kicked from pillar <laughs> to post every, every week. And I just wonder whether that actually took a, quite a toll on his body and he's actually Real Madrid that are suffering from shout. it. Good shout, yeah. Mm, because can you have that type of cumulative damage as a player? Oh, you yeah. know, he's had two fractures on his ankle, same ankle in, what, three months? Yeah, and will he be given the time to let it properly heal. He's earning, you know, extortionate wages. There are pressures on, on Real Madrid to, to, to get the most out of him. And, yeah, I, I doubt if he'll fully recover until the summer. And then, of course, he won't recover because yeah, of the Euro. Right. So, so we, could, we could hang over into the next season. Yeah, most players play on with one or two niggles, but particularly guys like him who draw fouls so regularly... It's probably a decade or so since, since Eden Hazard went out onto the pitch feeling absolutely 100% fit, which is, which is crazy, really. But, no, it is a shame because he was the one player that was supposed to refresh things and it doesn't feel like his career's got started at the Bernabeu. Mm. Who do you think will be the next big Real Madrid signing, Dom? You know, Jadon Sancho's one that's been talked about. Probably City could have done without Raheem Sterling coming up with that come and get me plea or whatever we want to call it. All you can predict is that Real Madrid will be in the market for a player of that calibre and will be paying £100 million, in excess of £100 million for them. But Sancho is attracting the elite 
across world football at the moment. Everything he's done at Borussia Dortmund has been spectacular. I suspect that he would prefer his next move to be back to England to sort of so kick on with his England career, not, not least in the, in, in the limelight of the Premier League every week. I was intrigued by the Sterling thing. I, 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 I'll be honest, I, I wasn't aware of just how committed he was to end up at some point in his career playing at Real Madrid. It wasn't a, sort of a natural fit in my eyes, but I quite like the ambition of it. And it shows, it says a lot about the man that he feels, yeah, that, that is... That is my next step of my development. I don't think I can't see City letting him go anytime soon. And it, you know, I guess there's always the sort of intrigue of the the whole contractual power play whenever rumours like this come up or statements are made like this. But timing was interesting. Wasn't it was, it? wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of City players there who are on big bonuses that are associated with the Champions League. And we we heard about Kevin De Bruyne, potentially £2.5, £3 million he could lose out on if they're banned for two years. And a lot of players will be in that that position. And and then it's a a question of whether they're willing to write that off and have their career on the European level sort of have this hiatus for a couple of seasons. Mm. And, you know, it's a short career. I think at least two of City's superstar players will want to jump ship if this ban is upheld because... If you're entering the peak years of your career and you're not in the Champions League, that, that's that's damaging. So as much as they, they might love working with Pep, might love playing for Manchester City, I suspect that at least a couple of them will look after themselves and, and, and seek that. Maybe Sterling is, is one of them. A lot of it depends on the, on the future of Pep Guardiola. I think... I just wonder if he's protesting too loud in terms of I'm 100% staying. My, it's only a hunch, but I've been saying since pretty early on in this season that I just don't see him as their manager next season. I, I, I can see him him moving on, but look, he, he has said he'll stay. Let's see if he's as good as his word. Mm. Does he need to win the Champions League this season? Because it's, it's the stick that people used to beat him with, isn't it, that he hasn't won it? Yeah, it is, you're right. And, and there have been some difficult times in the Champions League in recent years. He said he's set the bar very high, didn't he, early on at Barcelona mm. in terms of European competition. He, look, he will look at it now and this will serve as motivation for City. If this is going to be their last Champions League campaign for a few years, this is the year to go out and do it. Mm. As I say, that adds to the intrigue about this Real Madrid tie because it was already a mouth-watering pairing, mm. a collision in the, in the knockout phase. But to think that so much rides on it from City's point of view... You know, this could be their, this potentially could be their last Champions League tie until, you know, it's two years down the line. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to think like that, but that, that, is, that is the reality of it all. So they, they're going to have to be focused, committed, and they're going to have to find a way of becoming more solid at the back because they will be properly tested. Mm. Let's look at, because you know, there are some great ties this week, Chelsea Bayern on Tuesday. What's your take on Frank Lampard? It seems to me that he was calm and decisive under, you know, quite sudden pressure at Chelsea. He was... He got it right against Tottenham Hotspur, no question about that. His his selection, his changes were were vindicated. But I think it was was a little bit too late. I I feel that Frank Lampard is a naturally passive head coach. I saw it a lot at Derby County when his team didn't blow opposition away that often. and, And I went to a number of their games last year and, and was thinking, make a change, do something different, what's the plan B? And it didn't happen. And I see echoes of that in this Chelsea side, and I have done for a while. I feel that they went stale tactically with the same setup, 
tried certain indivi different individuals, but the same results were, were occurring. So, so look, I'm, I'm glad he shook things up against Spurs. It, it showed he's not afraid to make brave decisions, but I feel that if Lampard's going to make it as Chelsea manager and he's going to make it as a truly elite head coach, he has to be more decisive. That's my personal opinion. And I, I think a number of people have, have said that. In, in well, to be weeks. fair, the four changes that he made... That was decisive. Spurs, yeah, but, it, but prior to that... to make them. But prior to that, he wasn't yeah. decisive, was he? I, I, I mean, the Giroud thing was a complete mystery to me. I, I, and I, I thought that, that did damn him for, for a, quite a long period because we knew that, as brilliant as Tammy Abraham was before Christmas, it was obvious that he needed just to be taken out of the firing line. And Michy Batshuayi hasn't worked. I think there's a stat going around from the weekend that Olivier Giroud had more shots in that one game against Spurs and Batshuayi's had in his last 15 matches or something like <laughs> for Chelsea. And that, I mean that, but that's also the system they're playing. And, and Batshuayi doesn't offer what Abraham mm. offers. Or, they changed it well for, for Giroud to, into the 3-4-3 again, going back to the sort of Conte tactics, which is what beat Spurs last time round. The only... Th Slight thing about you know, do they retain that against Bayern? Because mm. he's going to have a straight swap, uh, well, straight choice there, isn't he? Well, yeah, he will. But the reality is that this season, when he's played three-four-three, it has worked on as a sort of shock tactic. But then often the next game has been underwhelming, and it hasn't worked. It hasn't clicked. The the, the, the best example of that was I think when they won at Wolves, he scored five at Wolves, yeah. and the next game there was a home to Valen Valencia in the Champions League, and it just didn't work at all. And that's a sort of comp that's that is the mirror image of what's happening this week. I mean, it's brilliant performance, and they outshone a disappointing Spurs team at the weekend. But what do they do against Bayern? Bayern are a different calibre. I mean, they're, they're, well, they're Spurs fun. had no one, no one really up front. No. Spurs were flat. It was a jaded performance from from them. Bayern have got <laughs> one of the premier marksmen in, in European football. Brilliant wide players. If you're not used to three four three, if it's a system you dip in and out of. And then you use it against a side of their their calibre. It's a it's a risky manoeuvre. But but I have to say, I, I don't know if a Frank will trust in a centre back pairing no. to handle Lewandowski. And, and you, you certainly wouldn't you wouldn't trust in Alonso playing as a straight left back, would you? No. I mean Alonso offers so much going forward, but he's best in that wing back sort of wing back role. Mm. And I think Aspilicueta also, when he's been used at left back, has mm. has looked awkward of late. So when he's playing as a sort of left-sided centre-half, he actually looks more at home and more at ease with that. They have to keep Reese James in the team because his delivery is the best out there. I mean, even, even against Spurs, now that he's taking corners, suddenly Chelsea look a threat from set-pieces. William hitting the first defender has become a recurring theme mm -hmm. this season. But, the, but there are decisions to make there. I think 3-4-3 brings the best out of Giroud. I wouldn't... I, I, you know, in the, going back to the previous way, it was put sort of a four-three-two. I, I think getting there. Mount into the into the, yeah, that more advanced yeah, position yeah, is, yeah. is better for him. He, Mason Mount is not a player necessarily you want on the ball in deep areas, having a hundred touches a game. Yeah. Mason Mount for me is a bit like Aaron Ramsey. He's someone that pops up in the box and and, and could get you goals. He's obviously technically good as well. Mm. So yeah, I like him in a two playing off a off a striker. They will miss Kanto though. I mean, that is. Yeah. This is a game that they, they would need. They would, yeah. you know, they wish he was there because he, at his best, and I'm not saying he has been at his best this season because the niggling injuries. Again, it's a sort of accumulation of years of, of work, and they caught up with him badly this season. But he was doing the job of two midfielders, and they could do with that against Bayern. Yeah, you talked about 
your worries about City's defensive vulnerability. What about Chelsea, especially in the light of Lewandowski? 410 goals, 38 this season. Give me your thoughts about his place in the European game. Oh, um, well, he's, he's been one of the best centre-forwards in Europe for, for years now, hasn't he? He's, he is truly elite. If he came to the Premier League, even at this stage of his career, I think he'd have the same impact that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has had. I think he'd, he'd be in the race for the Golden Boot, no matter which team he joined. Yeah, it, credit to him for being so loyal to, to Bayern Munich down the years. But, yeah, I, I am surprised. It's been one of the big surprises, I think, that, that we haven't seen him end up in English football because he's perfectly suited to it. Mm. And, and over the course of two legs against Chelsea, I mean, it'd be, it'd be amazing... If he, if he wasn't on the score sheet at least once, he'll probably score multiple times. He's a class act, great movement, one that can, can improvise and finish in, in a variety of ways. Uh, yeah, he's, he's still one of the very best. And he's now benefiting from Thomas Miller being back in form and in favour. Yeah. And he, as a you know, conveyor belt of providing these chances for Lewandowski, he's, he's, he's been something else. Yeah. We saw what they did against Spurs, didn't yeah. we? But, I mean, we saw what they were capable of. I think Chelsea will be a bit savvier in the way they play. Lewandowski, because I think Bayern put him up, didn't they, for the, for the Brits yeah. Yeah. last week, you know, he made the point of saying, yeah, Bayern can, will win the Champions League. Mm. Well, that's their expectation, confident. isn't it? I'm not confident they'll win it, but they're, they're capable. Of course they're capable and they've got class players. I've always liked the wingers at Bayern Munich and I think that's where they can have a lot of joy. If Chelsea do go with this three at the back, the corridors that are the most dangerous are down the yeah, sides of, yeah. the, of the wide centre-halves. And when I think of Bayern and the pace they've got and their creativity, that, that, yeah, that's, that would be a concern. It would end up more of a back five, I suspect, for, for Chelsea. But look, Chelsea have been defensive in the in Champions League history <laughs> against Bayern Munich and, and prevailed, haven't they? So so maybe this I mean what a test this is of, of Frank Lampard's coaching credentials. If he can negotiate Bayern Munich, those critics like me that say he's he's not decisive enough will, will potentially eat their words. Mm. Does it help you think, Dom, that Bayern are in quite a tight three way race for the Bundesliga title? You know it, it's all over by, by the shouting over here. Does that intensity and, and, and the sort of accust being accustomed to that intensity help? They're, they're not in the sort of Paris Saint-Germain, you know, complacency domestically and having to sort of raise their game on odd occasions for the knockout phase, certainly. Yeah. But I think more... Interesting, by the way, on PSG, wasn't it, that Neymar um, Sent off, picked, up yeah. a, picked up a suspension just about carnival, yeah, carnival time, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honey. Um, <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> But Bayern, I think more more significant for them is 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 the fact that they since Christmas or since the resumption of the league there, uh, they've been flying. They've they've generated momentum there. They've got the interim manager. manager is, it's obviously it's fun, interesting. That all the players that were interviewed or put up for the for the English press last week, they all talked about increased communication. They know their jobs better than they did under Kovac, and that obviously. Is a good reflection of Flick's mm. impact, but they're a team that's suddenly comfortable again. I think it's seven wins in eight, and the other one being the nil-nil draw with Leipzig, who they've now overhauled. So they're they're coming into this tie in form, and it's frightening to think that you know the team that scored seven at 
Spurs before Christmas was actually a team that was struggling. <laughs> uh, this is a team now that's in, on fire. Because yeah, you mentioned Hansi Flick. Good age, I think he's 55. Hasn't been given any guarantees about his future after this season. I know there's one or two Premier League clubs beginning to look at someone like him. German coaches are in vogue. Can you see him coming over here? Potentially. I don't know which jobs will, will end up being vacant, do we? Yeah, would it be a, some kind of managerial merry-go-round? I don't know whether he'll have done enough to justify a move to one of English football's giants on the basis of a good caretaker spell. But I think it's quite savvy of, of Bayern Munich not to do a Man United <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and give him the job on a permanent basis just because he, he's won a few games as a, as a caretaker. So maybe, mm. maybe what's happened with, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, is, is actually crippled caretaker managers the world <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. But conversely, German coaches have been helped by Jurgen Klopp immensely. One thing that struck me, looking back to, to last week, the reaction to Atletico's performance was pretty negative. Well, what do you expect from a Simeone team in that environment? Didn't anticipate anything else. Surprised if that's, if that's been the case. I mean, I, I thought they did a real solid job, but a very Simeone-like job on, on Liverpool. The reaction is probably more one of shock that Liverpool had suddenly been beaten. They're not the invincible force we've seen in the Premier League for so long. But... I think it was, it's, that is brilliant for the tie, absolutely brilliant, because everything about that, all the sort of the, the play acting, the, the need to bring Sadio Mane off, you, you knew that was going to happen, but they, they, they had to deal with it at the time, and they've come away beaten, they've come away beaten, they've got a deficit to retrieve in the second leg at Anfield, and we all know that, that those ties, are the, they're the most electric ties in the Champions League knockout phase, so it's, it's set up beautifully. I also like I like, I like Diego, Diego Costa's little cameo because even even when he comes in for five ten minutes, all he does is charge around like a lunatic and <laughs> and try and wind everybody up. It's, it's, I mean, because even as a sub, he was winding the oh, fans yeah. up as a sub. Oh, I miss him. I miss him. He's such a <laughs> such a comic genius in the Premier League, wasn't he? Yeah. There's a pantomime villain. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a cracking atmosphere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And like you say, they will they will play up. It's all about the start, I think, yeah, in this game. Goal, yeah. I think first goal's huge. Yeah, if Liverpool come at them like Atletico came, came at them and, and get that early goal, then, then it might be a, a testing evening. Mm. But, but it, if it stays nil-nil into the second half, I can, um, I can see Atletico maybe causing, causing an upset here. I know that domestic form isn't brilliant for them, but, but they did a great job. It was like the Atletico of old, wasn't it, yeah. in the first leg? But I just think you can't, given what Liverpool did last season, you know, to the likes of Barcelona, you can't... Can't write them off at any point, oh, no. even if it's even no, no, after 75 minutes, they're more than capable of suddenly scoring four goals. Yeah, it's just energy, energy levels as well for Liverpool, you know, fighting it. You know, what's... they'll be done by them. True, yeah. I mean, they, they could go at half pace in the Premier League, can't yeah. they? I suppose it comes from the hunger, doesn't it, from within? How, how desperate are they as a group to, to go back to back Champions League? They're definitely capable. I think that Henderson's absence is massive. Mm. I see a, man, a manager there on the pitch for Klopp. He's, he's been brilliant, mm. Jordan Henderson, this season. And, and, and losing him, using his type of player is huge because he, he's a second defensive midfielder for them. But he's also that driving force, also a, a cajoler of others. Just not having his voice there could impact. So I, I think this is really on a knife edge. And for, for me, it wouldn't be a surprise if, 
if they went out here. Mm. Before then, we've still got two other really intriguing ties. You've got Juventus, the phenomenon of, of uh, Ronaldo uh, in Lyon. You've got Barcelona in Napoli. Now, they're going to Napoli without five players because of injury and Martin Braithwaite, who's somehow turned up there, and he's not, not on their Champions League list. We're going to get a lot of comparisons yet again between Lionel Messi and Ronaldo this week. Let's just look at Messi, yeah. if we can, and start off with. 48th hat-trick for yeah. Barcelona at the weekend. Yeah. How long can he keep going? <laughs> it feels like he's superhuman, doesn't it, Messi? It really does. I mean, he should have slowed down by now. He should, those hat-tricks should have dried up. But he still only got 17 goals in the league. Yeah, I know, but I think <laughs> he's, he's still the best. Of he's still just he's still mesmeric. He's still you know, capable of of things that other players aren't. I, I love him to bits. I just I just don't want it to end. Don't want this era to end. They they continue to drive one another on. I don't think there'll ever be another Messi. I think and I don't mean this disparagingly to Ronaldo, but I think we will see players like maybe a Haaland is is mm. a is a prototype Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. He's the next one off the block in that style, but just just in terms of sheer gifts, I just you can't mm. touch Messi because you know, there's an undercurrent of dissatisfaction at Barcelona. You know the handkerchiefs were out last week against the president. Messi's had his say about you know, some of the other I mean, social media. He runs the club, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. In the light of that, could you ever see the fantasy football move to Man City ever come not up? Not now. No, no. <laughs> not in the Champions League for the next two years. No. I can't see it happening after that. No, I... I, I and I think, just talking to... I mean, look, I'm talking to the, some of the Manchester correspondents, so the, the, I don't think they realistically can see that happening either. I think it would... It's a sort of. It might be. And it's, it seems ridiculous. I mean, I don't, I don't think he'll. I don't think Barcelona would ever really want to see him go. I'm not sure he would necessarily be comfortable with leaving for for the Premier League this late in the day in his career. But and this is going to sound weird, but I don't think that's the type of sign that City should be making now in, the, in terms of their mm. development. They wouldn't be buying a has been. They would be buying an icon, obviously. And I can see the sort of the PR opportunities. I mean, you, even if he's a 33 year old. Lionel Messi turning up, but they need to start planning the next generation of their dominance. They actually have a target now in Liverpool. They need to knock off their perch, to use a, <laughs> a, a phrase from Fergie. But but the I, I, they need to be buying the likes, looking at the likes of Haaland, looking at the likes of Mbappe. Can they get younger people in who will, who will be dominant for Manchester City for the next four or five years? If you buy Messi, it would be wonderful to have him in the Premier League, obviously, but I don't think you'd be buying peak Messi, even no, with Aguero, right they did it with Aguero. They got him yeah. just before his peak, yeah. and he's given Perfect. them some unbelievable service. Bang on, that, that's the type of player they should be going for. I don't, I don't see Messi wanting to mm. leave Barca either, really. Yeah, what about Cristiano Ronaldo? He had his thousandth game at the weekend, 725 goals. Bad for right winger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I've spoken to, to Paul Clement, like you have, and about just the force field of him. You know, it, he drags his teammates with him into you know, ice baths on the, on the way back from Europe and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Again, I suppose it's the same question with Messi. How can someone like that drive himself to those sort of standards? Yeah. 
consistently? And how long does that... Yeah, I mean, it's just, just the ultra-professional, isn't it? Yeah, how long could it go on for? I mean, I think he's now driven by the determination to go on as long as possible at the highest level. He wants yeah. to smash every record. I, I'm not, I don't think Messi's that bothered about how many goals he scores and how many assists and how many hat-tricks necessarily. I think Ronaldo really is driven by that and he wants to eclipse Messi. So, so that's the reason why he keeps pushing himself and, and that's the reason why... Whenever he leaves a team, like he left Man United, left Real Madrid, it leaves a big hole. Mm. When you've got someone in your dressing room that pushes and pushes and pushes themselves to the highest of standards and demands it of others, it drags people with them, drags people that might not have gone that way. It makes them better. It makes them better professionals themselves. So, so yeah, it's um, yeah, he's just the manager's dream, isn't he, Cristiano Ronaldo? And it'd be fascinating, wouldn't it, to see if he wants to be a manager because he's clearly got the mentality to push himself. Has he got that, that drive to go on and push others? It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he doesn't need to, does he? He can, yeah. he can just be, be whatever he wants to be. But I wonder whether he might find that frustrating, though, yeah. if some of the players that he's coaching yeah. don't share that sort of yeah. mentality. Mm. That was always that was talked about with Glenn Hoddle, wasn't it? Yeah. He was yeah. such a good player that yeah. he wanted to take all the free kicks. It must be, yeah, exasperating when people can't, you know, the people yeah. you're in charge of can't perform like he... But, yeah, no, definitely, but... Do you see what I mean? I, 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 would never, I would never see Messi as a manager. I think, no. Do you think Messi would just retire mm. and just have a fun life? Yeah. I think that Cristiano Ronaldo is just, just so driven by success in football. Mm. I think he'll want to be a coach. I really do. And it'll be, be fascinating over the next decade to see if he goes, goes down that route. Well, you know, Zidane was a heck of a player and he's having a go at it, at least, isn't he? <laughs> having a go of it to the tune of, what, three champions? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I could have a go at it. <laughs> um, you talked about Ronaldo being a, a coach as a manager's dream. Yeah. What about an agent's dream? Now, Jorge Mendes, let's look at him and his influence and the way that his relationship with Wolves might evolve. He's obviously a hugely successful businessman. He's, you know, he's got Bruno Fernandes now at Manchester United. He's, you know, he's been involved with, with Arsenal. He's not going to stop looking elsewhere. Mm. Where does he fit into the Wolves jigsaw? And is that the critical bit of that jigsaw and how good they can be? Potentially, but then yeah. he's always juggled all these clubs. Yeah. I mean, he's, mm. he's had influence at Atletico, he's had influence at Monaco yeah. and, and, and obviously Wolves to, to a more formal extent, possibly. The, the interesting thing will be, in terms of Wolves' development, if they, for example, if they qualify for the Champions League and that took them to a completely new level in terms of, you know... They're capable of doing so. Oh, absolutely, of course they are. And what they're doing at the moment, with relatively small squad, to be competing as, as well as they are in the Europa League whilst maintaining this form to a certain extent in the Premier League. It's dipped off a bit recently. It's a good win on Sunday, obviously, against Norwich. But that, that, that is admirable. But if they, if they do qualify for the next level and suddenly Mendes has an influence at, say, two clubs in the same Champions League group, then I think... It, well, there's it, more than one agent in the world that you yeah, could deal true. with. I'm sure the Wolves are, you know, smart enough not to put all their eggs in, in one basket. Mm. But, I mean, he's a useful platform, asset so. for them to tap of into. Course. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to fall out of him? No, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting to see who they get as a sporting director, because you know, Kevin Thelwell's gone to New York. Yeah, it will, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the future of Nuno Espirito Santo, of course. He's a, he's a, he's a big part of what they do so well, you know, were he to suddenly be prized away, do they need to ensure that, that everything doesn't, doesn't crumble because it, his 
strategies, his tactical input is is what Wolves are all about. And the same as if Wilder left Sheffield United, what would happen? Mm. Um, so, so no, I, I think Wolves, if fifth place is open to Champions League this season in terms of what happens with, with Cass, I think Wolves are the favourites. Right now, this moment, I think it's almost Wolves to lose. I, I genuinely think that they have what it takes to to claim that spot. I see them as a more consistent bet than United and Spurs. And I think Arsenal may be left it too late. I hope I'm wrong, but <laughs> but Wolves' running isn't too too unkind. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there is a real prospect they could play Champions mm. League football next year. And, and they've you know, four up from the first leg in, in the last 32, so they're through to the yeah. last 16 in the Europa League. Manchester United have probably got the trickiest task. 1-1 against Bruges. What do you make of it? It's, I think since that... You know, Burnley fiasco, I think it's six games unbeaten. They did OK against Watford, but there's always a but. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, there will be. The, the, the issues that in that squad are still there. And, and OK, Bruno Fernandes has made a fantastic impact, a great start. He will give them something else, a bit more dynamism, a bit more drive through midfield, and he will, he will provide some momentum just by joining the club in, in January. And what he's done so far has been fantastic. But... There's still going to be inconsistencies elsewhere in the, in the team. He's, it's, it's helped. I mean, Luke Shaw's obviously playing very well as this left-sided mm. central defender, almost in the Aspilicueta role, although he's naturally left-footed. And, and the, you know, that will help. They've now got a sort of set, settled structure that maybe will allow them to generate a bit more momentum. But I, I suspect there will be inconsistencies. That, you know, they weren't... They won 3-0, but they weren't brilliant against Watford. But, you know, they won 3-0. So, you know, that is still a tick. And it's, it still keeps them in very much in contention for, for fourth stroke, fifth place. But I suspect over what remains of the season, there will be infuriating moments as well when all the same arguments about Solskjaer's management and the imbalance of the squad and what they need to do in the summer will flare up again. Yeah. How worried would you be if you were in Manchester United's shoes about the fitness of Marcus Rashford? It, it's a concern, isn't it? I mean, back injury, I've suffered with back problems myself and they can linger, can't they? So you, it may be a case that he has to manage this for, for the rest of his career. It's, uh, I mean, I think they've got to be careful and think about the long term here and give him the sufficient rest now. Otherwise, if they rush him back or if England get rushing back, then it, c it could be a real problem for him. He, he, it's such a shame. It's, you know, I don't want to use the word tragic because it, it, nothing's tragic in, in footballing terms. Nothing's that important. But it is really sad for him that he was having the, the season of his life, a definite breakthrough campaign, and it's cut short just like that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be worried. And, and I think it would... If they had a director of football, which they still haven't, if I was that director of football, I would, as much as I love Marcus Rashford, I'd be looking almost for an identical player to add to the squad you know, in his style, just just in case. Mm. Because United are better with Rashford. I think we've all seen enough of them to realise that. On Solskjaer, by the way, I don't think he's the best coach in the world, but he had half pulled out some good tactical results this season. Mm. You, you, his CV, if he does get biffed off at the end of the season, and you know, they let him there's go... There's a spectre of, of Allegri still hanging yeah, around. Of course there is, and I think there is every chance United will look to upgrade. But on his CV this season, there are some good scouts, particularly away from home, you know, some really good wins. And in a lot of those games, they have been tactical victories. So I, I think all those people that sort of laugh at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and think, you know, they've got, they've got a, a Mickey Mouse 
coach there. I, I, I don't buy that. I think he's good. I really do. Mm. I just feel that there are probably better, better managers out there for United. Yeah. I'll ask you this question first, because I think I know what <laughs> Aid's answer will be. Arsenal, they've got a lead against Olympiacos in the Europa League. They've had a great week, probably Arteta's best week to date. Do you see a greater sense of strategy and purpose there under Arteta? Yeah, but it's not difficult to offer that, to be honest, given the state they were in when he took over. Very promising start. That's all it is, it's a start. But I do get the sense, and I think most Arsenal supporters get the sense that there is so much promise there that there is a promise of a strategy, there is a promise of a manager actually imposing a philosophy and someone who, when they start next season, will be better than they are now and when they start the season after that, will be better than they are next season. And that progression is what Arsenal needs. They, they've been a club and squad in regression for too long. They just needed someone with a purpose and, yeah, and a good... A good head on his they, they needed someone to drive up standards, mm. to you know, not accept... What, personal standards? I think so, yeah. I think that too many of the individuals in the playing squad were allowed to coast. They weren't, you know, they, they didn't pay a price for their poor form. Whereas I think Mikel Arteta is pushing and pushing and pushing. Even when they play well, you hear him point out things that, that mm. Arsenal could have done differently. And that's out in the media, behind the scenes. I know that he's, he's really demanding... But in a good way, and he's a good human coach as well that, that knows the value of camaraderie and team spirit as well. Obviously, he's young, he's relatable to the, to the guys. So now I think he's ticking, ticking all the boxes Arsenal needed in a manager. I, I've been massively impressed, really. <laughs> Dominic's right, I mean, I mean, yeah. And it's a two-year uh, deal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, massive. Yeah, it's a long process. I think that personnel-wise, there'll be a big shake-up in the summer. Even if they do brilliantly between now and the end of the season, I, I think that there will be um, several outgoings and, and incomings. Who do you think that would be? You know, we've looked at... You know, Mustafi's even playing... Mustafi's been their he? best defender for, yeah. for a yeah. few weeks now. Even so, maybe he would be one that go. I, I feel one of the big boys might, might go, and the sense right now is maybe Lacazette, as in that he's not a fixture in the first team. I really like him, and I think he's a... He's a good leader, but... And you've got Martinelli coming through as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, Martinelli's been excellent. The youth coming through at the moment is, is really exciting. But Kyle Saka, mm. I don't think enough people have really spoken about him. I think he's one of the brightest talents we've seen emerge in the Premier League this season. Obviously, in all comps, I think he's got nine or ten assists now. Great left foot, really positive. And he's doing most of it from a position that, that he's not comfortable in. He's a winger and he's mm. playing at, at left back. But even there, Arteta has thought, right, I've got a kid at left-back that's a winger. What can I do? And what he's done is he's, t he's, got, he's got rotational movement whereby Xhaka ends up at left-back virtually the whole game, mm -hmm. allowing him to push on. And what happens then? Aubameyang, who's on the left, drifts inside to join up as a second striker. That's when Arsenal have the ball. Out of possession, they revert to what is a 4-2-3-1. And it's just smart management. That's, that's, mm. that's all it is. And the players seem really... Really happy with him. So, no, Lacazette is maybe the biggest high-profile name. Ozil may go, I suppose, but I, I get the sense that Ozil and Arteta are getting on just fine at the moment. So, yeah, there, there'll be one big casualty, I'm sure. It's interesting that he's making overtures about Obama Yang already and saying we have to, we have to convince him that his yes. should be at, at Arsenal. Champions League, I think, yeah. I think it may, may boil down to that. 
He's so therefore, done. go out and win the Europa League then. Yeah. I think Aubameyang is a good character. I don't think he's he's, he's working even harder now than he ever did. He's he's, a, he's a, he actually leading at the weekend. He did, but you only have one career, and and I think that he will think oh, one more shot of the Champions League, and uh, look, there will be Champions League giants one in for him for yeah. sure. Yeah. There isn't a long overdue air of positivity around, at least, which can't probably be said for Tottenham. I just want to mention Tottenham, and with due apologies, hmm. in the light of VAR. I'm as bored as everyone else about talking about it, but we've got to the stage where it is consistently impinging on the game. Hmm. What do we do about it? <laughs> <laughs> where do we start? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think, I think the PGMOA have got to, got to have a shake-up. There's got to be a big review at the end of the season, and I think our heads might roll. Too many mistakes, too many basic errors. I'd like to see more former refs, good refs, our best former refs. Why does it have to be a current ref in, in the, the VAR? VAR? Why? Yeah. I don't get that. I also don't get the fact that David Coote at the weekend had a double yeah. shift. Yeah. I mean, that is an absolute joke because mentally, hmm. you can't tell me that he wasn't shot to pieces, the fact that, that his boss has put out a statement mid-game saying that he got it wrong. She was and, unaware of, apparently, at the time. Uh, and then he has and to find he has, out. He sits the on the naughty step at Stockley Park for a couple of hours and he has to go again. Yeah. I mean, that is ridiculous. I also think it's ridiculous that a ref can be a, can be a fourth official on a Friday night, they can be in the middle on a Saturday, and then they can be a VAR on the Sunday. I mean, no, we're that short of, of people that can make sensible decisions. I, I don't think so. Mental fatigue, I think it's... I think they can have too much football. So a lot of these guys are also doubling up by working in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's just the start. Then you get to the rules, the laws of the game, which I think do need to And the inconsistency of application. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's, it's riddled with issues at the moment. Yeah. I mean, but the thing that was most infuriating at the weekend was that they, the VAR made... It wasn't the rules that was the problem particularly. It was the VAR making really basic and unfathomable errors. Mm. I mean, the stamp, even the handball in the City-Leicester game, uh, when De Bruyne has jumped with his yeah. hands up here, yeah. and we're told that you can protect your face, but he was sort of to the side as well, and it was and no, to give the penalty They're making it up as they go along. Yeah, no part of me understands why a referee can't Go and look at the monitor. I just don't get it. I don't get it. But it's not they, any but they can. That's the problem as well. I mean, they, they genu that that policy appears to have changed over the, the start of the season. They were always like told, "Look, don't slow the game up more and have a look." But now they've been told they can, and yet no, it's, it didn't. I think it's it. over things that they've clearly missed. If the, if it, I think it's a lot of what they do is is on the dialogue of what they're saying, which we can't hear to the officials. I I, I just don't I don't get it. We've got to strip it back. I think the offside rule, offside law has to change. Mm -hmm. I quite liked Wenger's idea. It would still be pedantic, but I, would, I think it's more palatable to be onside by a heel than offside by a big toe. And I think most football fans would accept that. You've got, you got to have a line yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You have to. You can't ignore it. So I think if you're going to have a line, flip it around. I think that's absolutely a, a pretty cool idea, actually, for, for a Marson. But the rest of it, yeah, I just think... Go to the monitor. It's not. It's not going to take any longer. And at, at least you've got the man in charge having a chance to change his mind, mm. rather than someone 
else having an <clears> opinion. <throat> I, I just, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, they've got to do something, otherwise we're going to end up as babbling wrecks, aren't we? <laughs> um, not that we're not already. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. League Cup final. Excitement in the Midlands. Apathy in Manchester. You know, there's talk of Manchester City not selling out their allocation. What does that say about the League Cup itself? Is it past its sell-by date? It shows that City win it every year. It's, yeah, they're used to that trip to, to Wembley to, for the annual League Cup parade. Past its sell-by date. I, I love the League Cup. Mm. I've always loved the League Cup. I used to love it when it was a two-legged two legged experience in the second and third round. But I, I appreciate that, that those days have now gone, given the, mm. the, the, the fixture pile-ups that clubs endure. But, no, just go and ask an Aston Villa fan whether they lack enthusiasm for the League Cup. Of course not. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. They're going to Wembley. They're going for a major cup final. They'll give it a go. It may well have... I mean, the fact that it's been on the horizon, it may well have detracted from their recent Premier League form. It's been a distraction for them. But if they pick up silverware, it's still... I mean, that's still a great achievement for Aston Villa. Mm. You look at that defence, though, and I keep thinking back to the 6-1 Six, defeat yeah. by tricky. City. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, I mean, most people probably think they're going to get battered. <laughs> I mean, Villa, last time they were in FA Cup final, got, got slaughtered by Arsenal, didn't they? And if I'm a Villa fan, there's a part of me that's worried about, about that happening again. But, you know, Dom's right. It's, it, it's really exciting for them. I understand the apathy of, of City fans. I, I, I'm old school. I, I wish that everyone would take it more seriously. There's, there's a part of me that thinks, look, if, if managers can't take it seriously, managers of other Premier League clubs, let, let's just make it a, an EFL Cup, get be done with the leasing.com and just have a the League Cup open to the to the 72 instead if Premier League teams aren't bothered. But I wouldn't want that to happen. You've got two Premier League teams in the yeah. final. You've got Man City winning it every year. I, I, I don't think... I don't think, when you get to this stage, I don't think we can accuse teams of not taking it seriously, particularly. I mean, they, even if they pick teams full of youngsters, we're seeing the next yeah, generation's potential. Villa, Villa are only there because Liverpool decided to, mm. to, to not, not... But that was, that was exceptional circumstances. <laughs> they weren't even in the country. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. It's, it's... And even if it had been a Liverpool-Man City final, would we not be getting excited about it? Just a bit. Yeah. Victory, as we know, would mean so much more to Villa. But let's be honest, this could get messy. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.